This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 304. Anthony Gitch on success in the time of COVID. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Merry almost Christmas to everybody who is listening to this on the release date on December 24th. And for everyone else, happy whatever day it is. I have been meaning to have Anthony Gitch on the program for quite some time. I first got to know Anthony at the NGH conference a number of years ago and then getting to hang out more at HypnoThoughts Live. And just over time, getting to know him as someone who really thinks his way through the process, really has an interesting voice in terms of how he approaches the work. And clearly, as you're about to hear in this conversation, as someone who in some ways begins to think outside of the box and really ask that question of how can I serve my clients even better. There's some inspirational moments inside of this week's episode, specifically looking at an opportunity that many people would almost dismiss inside of this hypnotic profession and creating an ongoing benefit for his clients inside of a program you're about to hear about called Mind Spa Hypnotica. Also then looking at the work of other practitioners and now becoming the first in the U.S. to also train that. You'll hear the story behind that too. But also this mindset about how how we go into the work, how it is that we listen to what the client's goals are and find that balance where there's a huge conversation in this week's episode, all about the benefits, the value and when to build rapport, as well as when perhaps when not to build rapport, or as we would often say how to build rapport by breaking rapport and getting back in rapport in the best way to better serve the client. There's some amazing insights from somebody who is truly a worker in the profession. There may be some announcements we might have about this week's episode, which we didn't know about in advance of recording. So I'd encourage you to head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. We've got a new trick. This is episode number 300. So simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 304. That'll bring you directly over to the show notes to see any upcoming announcements, opportunities from Anthony, as well as just all of the resources associated with this week's episode. While you're there too, head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com. Dot com. That's my in real time live and online hypnosis training, which includes lifetime access to hypnotic workers, as well as an interactive real time experience built for people all around the world. Rather than practicing hypnosis in a bubble, learn the techniques that are actually working right now in a professional office. I'm smiling because we shouldn't have to still say that. That's what the trainings really ought to be. So interact with people around the world. And if you want to get good at working with people online, Learn the process online, suitable for folks who are brand new, as well as those that are looking to, let's say, fill in the gaps of their training along the way. So check that out, worksmarthypnosislive.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this outstanding conversation. So happy to finally have Anthony on the program. This is episode number 304, Anthony Gitch on success in the time of COVID. That entry point for me was a desire to, to help people in a more complete fashion rather than just coaching them, which is what I was doing. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about that. The idea that, again, looking at coaching, but now filling in some of the gaps, what were some of those gaps that you were noticing perhaps? Well, with the clients that I was working with, 
primarily those gaps were they could I could tell them about the changes they need to make and I could help them kind of discover what those were. But the the extra motivational piece or the extra support piece that hypnosis gives us by being able to go in or not go in, but being able to to help them understand that they are in fact in control of it and and they can determine for themselves as how much of something they're going to allow to experience in their life, whether it's it's pain, whether it's codependency, it doesn't matter what the issue is, but with hypnosis, we're able to get that seed a little bit more deeply implanted. So mm-hmm. when it starts to bloom, there's a lot more fruition to it. There's there's just more, there's more substance to the work that they're doing, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a story that comes to mind of, let's say back when it was just coaching, of kind of noticing that more had to be done to really address that issue? Oh, absolutely. The biggest story I can think of is that I, I was working with a weight loss client. And, you know, most of the issues that I was working with with coaching were all based around self-esteem, self-confidence, codependency issues, since that's the field that I kind of come from. And I, I had a gal that, you know, codependency was the issue, but the weight was the biggest thing. And I was struggling with how can I help her understand on a deeper level that it isn't necessarily the food that she's eating it's her relationship with food and how yeah. can i get that how can i get that to the i could see that some of the light bulbs were going off but the connections weren't quite making it and hypnosis really gave me that in to really make that final connection that's connecting me back to something that i used to say and i'm realizing i haven't really had this dialogue too much frequently that I've made it a point to not argue with my client's conscious mind (laughs) that we can sit there and we can logic. And I mean, looking at the client who's coming in and we've got to do something different in terms of that change process, because what they've clearly already been doing has not yet been working, which yes, we can help them do those things that have not been effective for them yet more consistently yet exactly what you said about getting into the details of the emotional mindset of that. So, so since adding in the hypnosis, what's been different for you in that respect? Oh, everything. The way that I approach the work that I do has, has changed dramatically. The results that clients experience when we work together, you know, it, it happens much more quickly. I mean, it's, it's usually that first session that there's actual real change that has happened. You know, they, they've been that, that, that worm struggling on the branch and they, they build that, that, that chrysalis and they're out of it within that first session into the butterfly that they wanted to be. And, and that to me has just been extraordinary to watch that kind of of transformation happening right in front of me. That's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful then. So then kind of walk us through that journey. Like what, what, what was it that you did specifically to start to add in the hypnosis? Where did you go for that? Well, I initially started with a person that a lot of us know in the industry, Erica Flint mm-hmm. was my initial trainer. And I, and I was trained initially in, in five path and, you know, it's a great system. It was a great introduction for me into the world of hypnosis because it does delve into many different aspects. It delves into informed child work. It it does forgiveness work. It is regression work. It's ab reaction work or dealing with ab reactions, the possibilities of those and how to work with them. So it gave me a really great kind of global idea 
And then is what I was able to do is once I had that, that, that larger piece, I was able to really start to narrow it down into the areas that really interested me and that I wanted to discover more about. And that's where I met you and where I started following Mike Mendel and some of these other folks that really kind of have an interesting way of looking at the way that the mind works. Yeah, I'll tell you something that I, I've appreciated about sort of your approach to hypnosis, having known you for a while now, is that I meet some people who get trained in one school of thought and then start to discover, let's phrase it this way, more flexibility in the process. And the flaw that they would make is they'd start to discount that, oh, no, I do it a better way now. When what I've seen from you is this understanding that here are all these different approaches. And again, it really matters who's in front of us and what they need, where we can become a little bit more flexible in our approach. Absolutely. And I think that as hypnotic practitioners or NLP practitioners, you know, I, I think it's, it is very important for us to be able to be the person that we are attempting to guide our, our clients to be, right? We want them, you know, it reminds me of that, that NLP presupposition that the person with the most flexibility or the, anything within the system with the most flexibility is going to end up running the system. Well, if we look at the way COVID has even impacted us as a business, right? Those of us who have been able to be flexible with COVID and go, okay, well, so I can't see people live right now. How do I transfer this to online seamlessly? How do I make this not a big deal for myself? And in doing so, it's not a big deal for others, right? And, and being able to bring those pieces that we teach and that we want to impart upon the people that we work with, we need to bring those into our own lives so we can really be successful and guide them appropriately. So then let's get specific on that. What have you been doing in all that is 2020? <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of online workshops that I had just, you know, is what I, I had workshops that I was doing before. I just transferred them over to Zoom. And that was very easy. The next thing that I did is I, I, I wrote a book during that time because I, I knew I had a little bit of extra time. And rather than do what a lot of other people that I know did, and I mean, we all have our own processes, but a lot of folks spent their time catching up on Grey's Anatomy. I wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> because this is just where my mindset is, is how can I use this time to improve what it is? That well, hang on, Anthony. I did watch every episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Ray Rachel Bloom, and I also launched two new courses. So there's there's a balance. <laughs> you know, I'm not catch up on things, but you know, there's a, there's a complete energetic difference between those who really got sucked into the the downfall, right? What are all of the bad things that are happening because of this around me? And, and then there's those of us who are able to go, okay, I can see what is happening around me. How can I adjust to make this work for me, right? Right. That, that's that biggest component that I can think back to even three or four years ago, when it was more the bonus in a hypnosis training to talk about how you can do, as we called it then, Skypenosis, how you can do hypnosis online. It was, again, more of sort of an adjunct or sort of a side issue when now that's got to be the dominant focus of our, of our training. But, but so often that conversation hinged upon, well, you can't do this online, you can't do that online, or that technique can't be done. And I think what I'm hearing inside of your commentary on that is really that we should focus on, well, what can we do differently? So what, what benefits have you found as a result of now pivoting the work in the workshops online? 
Well, you know, I, I so one of the benefits I found is I, I, I had time this year to actually attend the UK Hypnosis Summit, I think, or the World Hypnosis Summit. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually, I, I'm one of those folks who like to continually learn as much as I can, especially if there's something interesting out there. And I ran into a gentleman by the name of Tim Box out of London or Kent, England. And he has a system that he's been training now for several years called the control system. And I was interested in it because it's very much along the same lines that I work. I'm a very direct person. I explain to my clients right off the bat that I'm not there to coddle them. I'm there to help direct them, right? And Tim works very much in that in that way. And the system is such a direct, keep it simple system that I, I just fell in love with it. And it has created an online presence for me with my clients that in three sessions, their situations have been resolved. Nice. So I've been able to even shorten the process that I've been using by learning this new system. And it's just, it's a fascinating take on what it is that we do as hypnotic professionals because we're only using trance to a very small degree in it. And so it gives the client a sense of ownership and a sense of being 100% involved in the change work or the transformation as it's happening. They get to actually observe the conversation with the subconscious mind. And so it makes it really impactful for them. And they're like, holy crap, I really got this, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a really unique system. I highly suggest checking it out. I'm going to be, hopefully, I'm going to be training it this year at HypnoThoughts Live. I haven't gotten confirmation back yet, but it is out there. And so, you know, keep an eye out for it. There's going to be online training for it as well. And, and it is a really amazing system. I'm really enjoying it. And I only have to drop the anecdote that I got to meet Tim at lunch at the UK conference in 2018, sitting with Howard Cooper and Felix Economakis, which is not to drop names, <laughs> but it is to say it's good to hear someone else is now using the process that doesn't have facial hair. Um, <laughs> it's the little things that count. For, for those that this protocol may be new to, could you kind of give like a play-by-play of what it basically entails? Certainly. So it's called the seven step system to change and control stands, you know, the C stands for create space, which we all do when we open up our offices and that, that healing energy for our clients. We open up communication with the subconscious mind. We notice the barriers or the details, the barriers, the obstacles, and, and that sort of stuff. We calibrate at that point what the issue is. We talk to the issue, essentially the subconscious part of the mind that is, is experiencing or running the pattern. We rewrite the pattern. We observe the change by calibrating again. And then we have the client go out and live the, live the experience, right? And, and so it is a lot of work through basic idiomotor response yeah. um, where we're we're having a conversation like you and I are having with the subconscious mind. And so the client is completely conscious. There isn't an induction that happens. And, and we just establish communication with the subconscious mind that is running that pattern. And we request changing to changes to happen. We allow the changes to, to rewrite and those new resources to be installed. We, we verify that they're there. And then the client experiences the triggering response at some point between that visit and the next visit. And so we can really verify that those changes have been made. And, and it's, it, it's been one of the most amazing things I've used for phobias in my career as a hypnotist. Nice, nice. So a nice, I I love the approach of something as a process that, yes, very clearly from our perspective is hypnosis, 
yet takes on more of, let's call it a hypnotic quality, which makes it a whole lot easier to guide the client through, but also it's bringing in that conscious satisfaction that something has occurred throughout the process. Is there a story that comes to mind of working with someone where, let's say, even you were surprised at the change that it created? Oh, absolutely. I worked with a young gal. Her name is Brittany. And 26 years old, she has been suffering from IBS and SIBO and gut issues since she was 14. And so her her food is extremely limited. And she has done all of these different medical things where they kill the bacteria in the gut and then they rebuild it. And I mean, for 12 years, she's been trying to get back to being able to even eat bread and, and dairy. And our first session... She was amazed. First, she was like all of the clients. She's, she was astounded at the fact that her subconscious mind was willing to communicate in such an obvious way that it was just very surprising for her to experience that. And then that first night, she added several things into her diet that she hadn't had for several years. One of those things being corn and the other being some wheat product. That went fine, no problem. She is finally, this has been months ago now. She was one of my case studies, actually. She has, she sent me a picture of what she had for Thanksgiving and she had stuffing. She had everything (laughs) that was served to her that she could eat. And, and she's, she's eating food that she hasn't had in 12 years. Uh, Wow. People, she went to a pub with some friends of hers in her college town where she lives in Bozeman and there are friends that have known her since her college years and have never seen her eat a hamburger or eat fries when they've been out having beers together. And they were all amazed as much food as they saw her eating. I love that. And yeah, I mean, you know, and, it, and it's amazing, you know, the subconscious mind, when we, when we really trust in the process and that it, it understands, I think we get better results. I mean, we set her up to where she was still afraid to eat some things. And she says, how am I going to know it's safe? I don't want to end up in the hospital. And I said, well, let's go ahead and we'll we'll ask the subconscious mind to let you know that a food is safe by having your mouth salivate when you experience something that you think you want to eat, but you're not sure of. And the next session after that, she told me that she had been at a taco truck and, and she was reading the menu and she came down to an ahi tuna taco and she says her mouth just started salivating. And she said she almost started to cry because she hadn't eaten anything like that for so long. And so she ate it, no problems. And, and it wouldn't have been something she would have been able to eat before because of the tortillas. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty amazing transition or, or, or transformation that's taken place. And it's, you know, all in the sense of being able to really believe that it can happen. What I love about that is specifically the moment of, well, if that's a concern, we can just do this. Mm -hmm. That again, kind of back to the story that we kind of began this conversation on that suddenly the work had to move online and I'm still meeting people who are going, well, but we can't do sessions right now. I'm like, well, I'm doing just as many. In fact, briefly, I did more because I opened up the calendar a bit for it. But to find that moment where you know, if this is a concern, here's what will happen. The same way that in classical hypnotic text, you'd find the work of the hidden observer in terms of pain relief, that if there's ever a reason that this pain needs to be there, it'll immediately come back. Or the nature of, I I told a story a long time ago on the podcast about 
a man who English was his third language, and he was so concerned that, what if you use a word while I'm being hypnotized that I don't understand? And, and in similar form, well, if I ever say a word you don't understand, that finger will pop up and let us know. <laughs> Which the feedback at the end was, I overcame my problem and I learned a new word. So, <laughs> which I wish I was clever enough to make this stuff up sometimes, to, to find where we have that concern. It's like, oh, cool. Let's just do this. Let's just do that. That that more flexible nature. Is that something you would say you learn specifically from training or is that really just come from that in the trenches work of actually seeing so many people? I think that's in the trenches work from just seeing so many people. And, it, mm. you know, it also comes from years of my background is so very different from your background, right? I mean, you came into hypnosis through magic and through a different sort of approach, right? Where I came into it working, having worked the program of Codependence Anonymous for almost 20 years and having taken people through the 12 step work, you know, that was kind of the start of my process into, into this sort of, of working with folks. And so for me, it's, it's that experience of being able to hear what someone is saying in the moment and being aware enough and conscious enough to go, okay, I can see where the insight needs to be fed in here. This is an insight moment. This is a moment that needs to be a mutation needs to happen with this thought process, right? And so being able to be quick enough to to flow into where it needs to be at that moment. Talk to, talk to us about that. I love that as a concept that, you know, we look at, well, I'd give the example of a client that I worked with last week that really the biggest breakthrough was exactly that, the insight, which the insight is going to now inform the habits and the behaviors to change even better. And I'm bringing her up because I got <laughs> the proof in the pudding. The email came in this morning to go, wow, I've been doing all these things and it's been so easy. How do you kind of measure that, that, that gauge about when it needs to be an insight change versus the habit change or where it is that we have to inject that insight? We get that ability by listening, by being a hundred percent there with our client, not thinking ahead about what I'm going to say to them, not thinking ahead about where they're going with their story, but being able to be right there in the story in the moment and go, okay, what did I just hear? And what did you just say? Right. Do you recognize what it is that you just said? And let's repeat that back right? And and let's feed that back to you in the same words. And, and did you understand that five minutes ago, you said just the opposite thing? Yeah. Right. And, and that's where that comes in. It's to me, I don't know if that's something that can be taught as much as it is something that is done intuitively. And I think mm -hmm. we all, as people who are in this sort of an industry, we recognize that we have that ability without having to be told that we have that ability or without having to be trained in using it, right? Because it's something that's natural for us. You, when you are listening to someone and you are a hundred percent connected to what it is that they're saying, that energy flow, you can feel when there's a bump in that energy. And that, that to me, or at least I can, and that's where I can go, okay, wait a minute, we need to take a step back. Things aren't meshing, things aren't blending. And when things aren't blending, they're not going to blend internally, right? Well, I think back to, you mentioned having a direct nature with your clients. And I only do this half jokingly, the pat on my back to go, well, this is what I based my TED talk on. But yeah. even the last time I saw Jerry Kine speak, the NGH conference the last time I went, and he was there too that year. It was, he, he just said something on an aside that 
rapport doesn't necessarily mean they have to like you. Correct. And something really struck a chord on that, which was kind of a theme I was hitting anyway, that this idea of building rapport just for the idea of the person liking us, when we can build rapport even faster by moving towards the desired outcome, yet finding that respectful way to kind of politely call something out and help people, you know, cut out their own story that's been holding them back. Well, you know, I, I tell my students, I, I think that rapport building, there's so many classes out there on rapport building. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the deal. You can't learn how to build rapport. I don't believe. And I don't believe, I don't use the old thing of, well, if they're moving, then you move with them and you breathe with them. It, it, to me, that's, that, that's fake. That's manipulation. I am who I am. I can give you what I can give you. If that's not enough, then I'm not the guy. Yeah. Right? Because I can only be who I am. And for some folks, and I'm I'm completely okay with the fact that, you know what, you may not like me, but I'll tell you, it's like I tell you, I'm not there to coddle them. Mm-hmm. I'm there to help them get to a point where they want to be, not someplace I want them to be. I'm completely satisfied with where they are. I don't live their life. Right? And so I make that very clear to them. Anything that I say to them, and there are times that... I have been approached by people that I work with in a, in a, in a large office and, and they're psychologists and counselors and licensed mental health pra- practitioners and that sort of stuff. And they have heard some of the conversations that I've had with my clients where I have put my foot down. And I told one client one day, I'm like, why are you giving me all of this money? It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. And it's a waste of your money. You're giving me $300 an hour to repeat your story over and over again. When are you going to let it go? When are you going to actually let us do the work? If you want to come in here every week and give me $300 to puke in a bucket, that's your choice. But I'm getting tired of it. Do you want to get to the work or not? Right. And, and, you know, there are some people who could never get away with that and have the client come back. That client is one of my biggest proponents because I was the first one who called her out on her, on her crap and, and actually helped her to get to where she wanted to be. Beautiful. Beautiful. Which correct me, that's kind of the more rare anecdote as opposed to being the frequent one, or is that the majority of what you end up working with now? So, you know, I have a lot of clients that are, that want to be stuck in their story. We attract the kind of clients that I think that we're best able to work with, right? Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And because I did spend so many years working in the field of codependency and anger, and that's what the book I wrote about is, it, it, that's what the, the book I wrote is about anger and codependency. And, and so, you know, I, I think I attract people who need the kind of process that I offer. And, and if they don't, during our initial consultation, they recognize that. And I recognize mm-hmm. that. And, and I'm up for it enough for them to tell them, listen, I'm not the one who's going to be able to help you because you're just, you're not there yet. You're just not there. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a judgment on them. And I make sure that they understand that. I'm like, when you're really ready and when you're ready to leave your story behind and start to accept responsibility for your life, come and talk to me. Until then, you know, here's another four or five different people that I can send you out to who may be willing to work with you. What's beautiful about that is giving a good logical reason why you're not quite the match for them and even better what needs to happen 
but then also that sharing of resources that I've I've done similar over the years of, you know what, here's the question I keep asking, and here's how respectfully or, or disrespectfully you keep not answering it. <laughs> so I'll ask you one more time, and this is a test. If you actually answer it, we can do something. If you give me the same story again, I'll let you know ahead of time. I'm going to say I wish you the best. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I think that a lot of people in our kind of field who are self-employed, they're afraid to take that stance. And, and they're afraid to take that stance because they want to be liked, right? They, they, they want people to like them, number one. And, and number two, what if I don't get the next client? Yeah. What if I don't get the next client? Well, I can assure those folks that the more you take on the clients that you are actually really able to be engaged with and help, that's what builds the business. That's what opens the door for all of those things to that abundance to start to flow in, right? Because we're working on things that we love. And, and so that changes things. Yeah. So I think that we really need to focus on work with the people that you enjoy working with and the things that you really want to work on. So then talking about this pivot that we've made in 2020, what's working right now in terms of bringing in that new clientele? The workshops, right? These online workshops that I'm doing, I, I have an online workshop called Emotional Mastery. I've got one called Archetypes and Ego States and Activating the Law of Attraction is another one that I, I that I play with. I've changed with that one because I, I don't like necessarily using that term. The way that I use it is, is, you know, really teaching people that the RAS, the reticular activating system is what that is. And how do we, how do we engage that? How do we utilize it so we can actually start to use what they call the law of attraction in the real world? Right. And so those things, those types of talks have helped to bring in clients because it creates rapport with them. Right. You're setting yourself up as a professional or as the expert in this sort of, a, of an area. And so they're, they're seeking you out afterwards because you're able to make that connection. And they say, you know, something you said in that really hit with me. And how do I work with that? And, and there's your end, you know. Nice. Nice. So then the model just kind of unpack this. This goes back to what we all heard in every basic hypnosis training in any business course is get out there and give live talks, but the opportunity now to do it by way of a webinar or an event on Zoom and to gather people in for something. Are those free workshops? Are they paid? What's the format of those? So I do offer a couple free ones. Those are generally on breathing exercises, on tapping, on those sorts of resources. These other ones are, are they're fairly inexpensive. They're $49 for like four hours, oh, yeah. right? But I do a lot of free stuff just because I want to engage people. And I'm doing more and more of that. I've got a client resources page on my website that has, you know, different tapping methods for them to use. I have a little show called Insights with Anthony that I promote and, and it's going to start turning a little bit more larger now. And, and, and those are all ways that just you're able to be seen and you draw people in. I work with people from Europe. I work with, I've got a client in Dubai. I've got clients from all over the place. And, and that's just because of I do everything I can to get on different radio shows. I was on Bob Martell's radio show. I was on No BS. I'm on your show. You know, the more that you can get out there and, and just share the information that you have, it's not necessarily even about promoting yourself. It's about being who you are and introducing the world to yourself. 
That is one of those biggest components of changing up the dynamic away from where most people think of their business of what can I sell? What can I sell? What can I offer? And instead, what can I give that you've, I've shown you behind the scenes of some of the tech stuff that I do, I think at one point, and it's where I can track this person watched me on a webinar in 2014. They downloaded these podcast resources and then 2020, they signed up for the class coming up in January 21 that not everyone's coming in from a place of readiness or even a client session that I did this morning. You know, someone who came in to quit smoking in 2011 and then suddenly nine years later has a different issue and thought of me and came back in because here was a webinar that I had put out at the beginning of everything pandemic. So the ability to become that curator of content and to share keeps us top of mind and keeps that value going and as you've said, seeing clients around the world, we actually find ourselves in a situation where we can do this even more easily because now we have a bigger pool to fish inside of. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, if, if I was stuck to my little neighborhood here in West Seattle, which is a fantastic neighborhood, but you know, I mean, COVID hit first, three months after COVID hit, which was bad enough, it limited my ability to kind of go to the office. But then what's called the West Seattle Bridge went down. That's the major thoroughfare between Seattle and West Seattle. So what used to be a 12-minute drive to the office is now almost two hours, Mm -hmm. right? And so being able to adapt like this, you know, it's really imperative to be able to just go, okay, well, this is happening. I still need to be able to do this. How do I do it? Right. Not. And, and, a, and a lot of people, they ask themselves the wrong question. They ask why instead of how. Yeah. And, and therein lies their their biggest their biggest demise. Right. Because why is never an explanation. How is always where we need to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're again, rather than staying in the question of why am I like this? Why do I have this problem? Well, how can I get out of it? What can I change about it? Or even at times, how can I use this as a resource moving forward? Right. Yeah. So then something that I was drawn to that I saw you doing a while ago, knowing that here's this reputation of, I don't want to say an in-your-face approach to the work, but let's say a more honest and direct approach to the work. And even the lineage of a rather heavy hypnotic regression, respect of the training, to then find out about, correct me if I've got the name right, Mind Spa Hypnotica. Yes. Yeah. Could you give an intro to that for those who don't yet know what this is? Sure. So Mind Spa Hypnotica is a program that I developed for hypnotists that are my students. My students all get a copy of it free, but it's for new students. It's for people that are part-timers, people that just want to do relaxation stuff. They don't want to focus on the therapeutic aspect of work because it can be heavy work, And but they want to get in and they want to do hypnosis with their friends, their family, their coworkers to help them relax, that sort of thing. And, and this is a really great in because it offers everything that you need to kind of get going. It offers a script, which, you know, a lot of people are against scripts, but when you're brand new, I think they're really important because like this, it it builds everything in that you need to be successful. It builds in the, the convincers, the deepeners, the induction, the whole kind of change process or the experience of it. And then it, it brings them back out and, and, and it gives you a great, it gives the client a really wonderful place to go to, to get away from. From. And it gives the practitioner a tool that they can use that is going to build their confidence because you cannot do it wrong. 
right? And and so I created that part of it. And then because I, I know that people aren't good at the marketing piece and that sort of stuff, I also created all the marketing that goes with it, all the Facebook, the social media advertising, the mailers, anything that you needed for that, that you can just place your logo right onto. And, and that way, you know, it was kind of a business in a box idea to try to help people get going and get established. And, and with COVID, quite frankly, I kind of, you know, after February, which was a great conference right after the conference last year is when everything kind of shut down. And, and I kind of switched my focus trying to really vamp up to the online stuff. And so Mind Spa is kind of kind of settled to the side a little bit right now. I haven't been promoting it a lot while I've been really focused on creating some of these new online programs. Mm-hmm. That's where it is right now. But I, I love it. There is a new Facebook group that's going to be coming for the people who use it. And it's going to be so I'm going to be able to offer more support and more ideas on how to get yourself out there and get using it a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I loved the aspect of one of the things that stood out, having heard you speak about that, was that this is not just the relaxation journey, the importance of it needs to include some element of hypnotic phenomenon. Correct. That there needs to be some ratification that something has happened rather than just, well, I felt relaxed. Can, can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. So within the, within the script itself, it has hypnotic phenomena built in so they can experience it, right? I mean, even one of them, and, and you know, a lot of people forget about some of the aspects of hypnotic phenomena. When when they think about hypnotic phenomena, they go right to the things of my, my foot is stuck to the floor, or I have forgotten my name, or, you know, something like that. And they, they don't go for the subtle aspects of hypnotic dreaming, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime that we create a hypnotic dreaming, that is a hypnotic phenomena, right? The utilization of phenomena in change work, I think is something that is really underrated. Yes. And I'll tell you, John Edget has got a phenomenal book out there. And it's, it's, it's about using hypnotic phenomena in change work. And, and it is, it's a must have for most people. It's called the handbook of hypnotic phenomena in psychotherapy. And, you know, I I pulled from that book in order to build some of the script stuff that I do because I wanted that built in because I'll tell you quite frankly, when I had my training, hypnotic phenomena was not something that we were focused on, right? And so it wasn't something I was comfortable with, which is why I needed to create this and have it really included in these programs because I needed it for myself. And so I figured other people needed it. That that is a major factor that, you know, I've had to phrase it at some points over the years to go, well, we can come up with all of our fancy reframing as to why it's not necessary, but the opinion of your client is the one that I've got to listen to more than anything else. And you're exactly right. And this is coming from someone that in almost every first session that I do with almost every client, not to use the absolutes there, includes a moment where the eyes are open and they're looking at their arm and they can't bend it, which is an extremely overt application of hypnotic phenomenon. Yet still, it might just be the moment that the mouth feels differently than it did before because I just suggested it, which now means your taste buds are reprogramming, making it even easier to quit smoking, lose weight, quit drinking, whatever the behavior would be. Just the use of awareness inside of the process. So, So when you say hypnotic dreaming, can you elaborate on that? Sure. So we can suggest to people that they can dream their solutions. Right. And I mean, the, the dreams, the dream sequences that I actually include in, in 
the hypnotic, the mind spa hypnotic program called dreaming. That's one of the major phenomena is that we have them dream up solutions for the challenges that they're having, but we don't have to know what those issues are. We don't talk to them about it. That's not what we're there for. Right. So we have them choose three words that they want to have amplify in their existence or in their experiences. And so we see these dreams sequences, these dream sequences with the words that they've chosen, whether that is belief or love or success or, or whatever that kind of nominalization is that they've chosen, because that's usually what it is. It's not something very specific usually. And, and, and so it, it, they again get to get involved, but their subconscious is driving the solution. We're not pushing towards that. Which is giving them that, again, hypnotic experience while not necessarily being overtly hypnotic in application, but also giving them the space to create the change process on their own. Right. And, you know, the, one of the great things about this and the thing that I used it for at first, when I first started creating it was for groups, right? Because I would, I had a friend who had a yoga studio and she was part of my BNI group, which you used to be a member of the business networking international as well. And, and I met a lot of people through that networking organization that had different gyms or were trainers. And so I would go and I would utilize their resources so to go in and do this classwork and develop this program. And so I'd have 10, 15 people all lying on, on yoga mats on the floor going through the experience. And so yeah. it was a good way to, to build up again. The more you're seen, the more you're out there, the more people are going to start to rely and remember you. Which exactly what you said about creating that impact, creating that connection, building that rapport and really becoming that go-to resource that I'd imagine you have the situation quite frequently of someone is reaching out to you as a client. And again, they've kind of been in your, as I call it, systems for quite some time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got folks that like, like you have, you know, when I first started clients that I haven't seen since all I did was five path. Right. And, and then it's like, here it is four years later, five years later, and they're coming to me and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. They're like, gosh, are we going to go through that thing again? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, we don't torture clients anymore. Now we just go right for the change because I understand it better, right? I have a deeper understanding of what it is that I'm doing. So now I've got more, you know, I've got, instead of just one path to the top of the mountain now, I've got a whole plethora of trails to choose from. Mm -hmm. What what I love about that is well, I'm flashing back to Sean Michael Andrews was the source of the line that we always could call back our first client and say, no, really, I got better. Please come back. <laughs> to which I actually did have that experience, which this was back to 2005, I think. And it was just more of a hobby at that point. I'd only done like some you know minor stage hypnosis stuff. And this was like the first person actually hypnotizing to quit smoking. And to her credit, or maybe to mine, we'll figure out where I'm going with this. But she she goes, you know, I didn't quit. But then again, I really didn't want to. I was just curious. And then she comes in, it's like 2012 or 13. And now I knew what the hell I was doing. You know, and her line was, oh, that was so much different than last time, to which I brushed it off by going, well, you know, you came in with a different set of goals. So we had to modify the process. <laughs> Internally, I'm like, I just read a script as soon as your eyes are closed. I didn't know better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. But as you learn, it's like now I couldn't imagine holding a script in front of me. Yeah. Because everything is just, it just happens. It just right. unfolds naturally. And I, and I like to remind people that no matter where you are in this process of learning hypnosis, 
you're going to get there. I think one of the biggest things that people often need to hear is that it's only a mistake if you say whoops. Yeah. Yeah. So so talk to me a bit about that transition because here you were going from practitioner to now training as well. What was that sort of catalyst in your mind to kind of realize you had a different say and you had a right to be sharing that? Well, you know, it comes from the fact that, what, you know, taking into consideration, I've spent years involved in in working with people in, in one degree or another in, in training aspects to, to some degree, whether it was with horses in the equine world or, or people in the customer service world or that sort of thing way back when. And, and so I've always enjoyed that. What really drove me to wanting to become a trainer was actually learning the process that the ICBCH has for its trainers. I am one of those folks that are all about accountability. I am about proof. The proof is in the pudding, right? And so I wanted to be a trainer. I had thought about becoming an NGH trainer because I was a member of the NGH. And then I realized that, well, basically they're training the same stuff that they've been training since 1952. And I don't know if that's true or not, but they haven't updated it that much from what I understand. It's still a good program for for folks. I wanted something that would be able to demonstrate to the world that I knew what I was talking about, that Anthony knew what he was sharing with people. Mm -hmm. And with the ICBCH, as you're well aware, you are required to create that 100-hour program on your own, all of the material, turn it in and have it reviewed and accepted as this is acceptable material to be teaching to qualify someone as a hypnotist and be able to do the work in the real world. To me, that level of integrity, that level of responsibility, I I, I think it excited me and it still excites me to this moment. I love the fact that I'm a trainer for the ICBCH because it, it exemplifies the fact that we are true professionals in the organization. We support each other within the organization and we really understand what it is that we're doing. What really comes to mind there, and I'll, I'll generalize this just because the people involved with this, I, don't, I wouldn't say anything negative about them, but it was the time where I was invited to train someone else's course, and I had to respond that, okay, but let's take this one technique of the Dave Elman induction. I do that differently. You know, When I train that, it becomes a master course in hypnotic tonality and embedded commands, and it's not so much the process as in what the process informs us. And I got the response of, that's great. You would have to add that as day eight. You cannot include that in the course because you have to teach the program as written. And that immediately was the exit point, that any training that you should attend is something that emulates the work that that person is actually doing with their clients, You know, rather than, again, repeating, as, as you hinted at, rather than repeating old stories which are not the way that the people tend to do it or even have done it in in, in decades. So instead to get into, just for those that aren't aware of this, we do have a set of core curriculum requirements that the instructors do have to meet. And Anthony, for what it's worth, we actually use your syllabus now and the train the trainer syllabus now to go, here's a great example (laughs) to, to show. Again, here's how this is clearly a program that emulates what Anthony does with his clients, with his students and is now passing that on so that if you happen to also be a student or a client of his, you'd get a rather similar experience that it's not just the history, it's instead the real world application of that. How's that been going in terms of offering these trainings now? Well, you know, here's the funny thing. Since August, or really in September is when I started, 
because of the fact that this does emulate what I'm doing, I'm restructuring the training program. Always, yeah. Yeah, because you know, I, <laughs> there are things that I, I look at in there. And, you know, I mean, my program, the initial program, there was some pretty heavy spots on, on making sure that students understood inductions and hypnotic phenomena. And, and I had a whole workbook, if you, I don't remember if you, I know you looked at the program, but there was many, many exercises that included hypnotic phenomena in classwork. And then with actual live clients that I bring in for my students and, you know, I've switched since then, right? That's not where a heavy part of my program falls. Now the heaviest part of my program falls now into some of these subtler aspects of change work that insight work, the the IMR work, really being able to utilize those functions in what we call subconscious dominance and, and being able to create change in those manners. And so that's, like I said, that's one of the great things about this. As I change and grow and learn more, my program changes and grows and becomes more robust. Beautiful, beautiful. So Anthony, where can people find you online? How can they track you down? Excelhypnosis.com is the best place that's got everything that I do. And then I've got some other sites as well, but that's excelhypnosis.com is the primary one for all of my hypnotic and, and transformation work at this point. Excellent. That's where they'd be able to track down upcoming events as well as MindSpa? Correct. MindSpa is available there. My workshops are available there. My book is available there. Information about control is there. And I think that I, I by that point, I should even have the, the first training classes for control practitioners available, that information available as well. Awesome. Which, of course, we'll put links to everything over at worksmarthypnosis.com in the show notes for this episode. Anthony, it's been a long time coming to finally have you on here, and this was fantastic. Any final thoughts, any final ideas for the listeners out there? Absolutely. You know, love what you do. Do it because you love, yeah, just love what you do, folks, and enjoy it. Appreciate it. Be grateful and keep up the good work. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, leaving your reviews online, and using it as an ongoing resource in your conversations around hypnosis. Once again, head over to the WorkSmartHypnosis.com website to check out the resources and details of how to get in contact with Anthony. Highly recommend his Mind Spa Hypnotica. It is an amazing resource. And I was in awe of what he had to share when he presented this at the ICBCH Winter Conference back in early 2020. It's an amazing thing. A lot of my other students are making use of it as well. Get it. It's awesome. And while you're there too, check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com, where we've got an upcoming training. If you're listening to this in December, we've got an event kicking off in January. But either way, no matter when you listen to this, we've always got another one coming up to learn the skills of a flexible nature of hypnosis and my work smart principles and the applications and the ability to learn even long after the class is over with the access to hypnotic workers. So check that out, WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.